Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Welcome back to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z for February the 3rd, Thursday, nasty weather day down here in the south. A cold front is gripping over a third of the nation right now, but it's winter time, so who cares? That's what winter is supposed to be. Cold weather, wet weather, dreary, blizzardy weather. It's normal. Quit freaking out about it. The news media is treating this cold front that's moving through the country right now as if it's part of some great conspiracy called climate change. It is the normal cycling of our weather system as the earth continues to rotate on its axis and revolve around the sun at the angle on its elliptical orbit. It happens every single year. But the news media is trying to make everyone panic and freak out. They've invented new terms like bomb cyclone. Oh, give me a break. Anyway, that's not what I came on to talk about. I have a statement that I'd like to make, and it might be controversial and might even turn some of my listeners against me. God, I hope not. But I think it is time for Donald Trump to take a real introspective look at Donald Trump and decide, is he the face of the Republican Party, and is he doing more harm to the Republican Party than good? Yes, a very polarizing figure. A man who brought the Republican Party together and became the President of the United States and did for four years try, despite all of the obstacles placed before him, the sham investigations, the phony impeachments, the fake news, all of those things to try and stop him, he did manage to bring our economy out of the doldrums, put many people to work who had not worked in decades, reduced unemployment, made us energy independent, tried to control our southern border, and all the other things like bringing manufacturing back to the country, making us a net exporter of oil and natural gas and coal. He did all of those things, but he was also very divisive, very controversial, very argumentative. And right now, as the country is trying desperately to find a way to come back together, I don't know that Donald Trump running in 2024 is necessarily the right thing for the country or for the Republican Party. It's just my opinion. I'm entitled to it. You're entitled to yours. Trump celebrated the world-class sleazebag CNN President Jeff Zucker's resignation and said congratulations to all. This is just one of the examples. Die-hard Trump supporters were going, You tell him, Big Donald! You call him a sleazebag because he's a sleazebag. And listen, friends, that's all well and good. Calling a man a world-class sleazebag is not very presidential. It's not very professional. But when you're a multi-billionaire, you're accustomed to getting away with things. You're accustomed to saying what you want with impunity. But I don't know that Donald Trump cheering CNN President Jeff Zucker's abrupt resignation calling him a world-class sleazebag and saying Jeff Zucker is gone, congratulations to all, might be the most professional way for the Donald to have handled that. That's just my opinion, and we're going to move on to the next topic. I have said this now since the Senate became split 
The Republicans are the majority party in the United States Senate. Simple math tells you this. There are 50 Republican senators. There are 48 Democratic senators. There are two independent senators. They vote with the Democrats, but they're not Democrats. So how the hell is Chuckles the Clown Schumer running the Senate? How come he is the Senate president and not Mitch McConnell? Well, because Mitch McConnell has little girl balls. He doesn't have the guts to stand up and do the simple math on the chalkboard, on the whiteboard, on the television screen and say, no, Chuckles, there are only 48 of you and there are 50 of us. But that's not my fight. I'm just one of the 330 million Americans who has to live with the consequences of no balls Mitch. Well, right now, the Senate is down one senator right now. Senator Lujan is in the hospital after a stroke, and Democrats no longer have a Senate majority, not even with the Camel Toe Harris tie-breaking vote. And now, according to Business Insider, the Senate is going to need Republicans' help to pass any legislation. You may have heard the news, Senator Ben Ray Lujan of New Mexico suffered a stroke and will be out of office for at least two months, according to many experts on stroke medicine. Depending on the length of his absence, it could hamper the Democrats' abilities to ram through laws, like the Build Back Better joke. His absence means the Democrats' razor-thin Senate majority is now gone. The news that Ray, uh, Ben Ray Lujan of New Mexico had suffered a major stroke shocked all in Congress on Tuesday. The Republicans aren't heartless bastards cheering this on. We do have hearts. We do feel for Senator Lujan and his family. We hope and pray that he makes a full recovery. People having strokes often have visions, according to some medical experts. Perhaps Lujan will wake up from his stroke encounter and realize he's on the wrong side of history and the wrong side of the political arena. But with the duration of his recovery time unknown, his absence exposed the fragility of the Democrat Party's control of the Senate. Currently, the Senate is divided, according to the news media, 50-50, with the camel toe holding a tiebreaker vote. That's the narrowest possible way for any party to have control of the U.S. Senate. The filibuster rule requires 60 votes minimum to pass many measures. And already, many of the actions have now been placed beyond the reach of Democrats unless they get Republican help. The so-called reconciliation bills devoted to finance and approving nominees to the Supreme Court, those could be done with 50 votes and a tiebreaker. But now, without Luan, it can only be done with the help of at least one Republican senator. Now is a time in our history, in our country's present as well, which will test the loyalty of several rhino, Republican in name only, senators on the Republican side. Because Stephen Breyer announcing last week that he was retiring for the Supreme Court meant that gropey Joe Biden will be able to make his first Supreme Court nominee of his presidency. Now that was so-called a much-needed boost for Democrats after legislative setback after setback after setback and bad news ranging from the Ukraine crisis to inflation to empty shelves to fuel shortages to the border crisis and all of other gropey Joe Biden's missteps put big dents in his poll ratings. Also, of course, on the cards were passing some form of the Build Back Better joke, 
better known as a sweeping climate change and social care handout program. And those measures, of course, have stalled thanks to Democrat Joe Manchin and Democrat Kirsten Sinema. Democrats had discussed breaking up the bill and trying to pass key parts of the package that Manchin signaled he might back. But now Lujan's absence casts doubts over the ability of Democrats to deliver on anything. Useless tax and spend Democrats. CNN projected that if gropey Joe Biden moved according to the timetable he has mapped out and nominates a new justice by the end of this month, the Senate could still proceed as planned even with Lujan out of action for two months. Having lost his majority for the time being, Chuckles Schumer will only be able to press ahead with bills that are likely to gather some Republican backing, which could perhaps be found on measures such as sanctions on Russia. Now, what article would be complete in the liberal mainstream press without bringing the Donald into the article. This article concludes by saying, former President Donald Trump may further complicate matters for Trump has attacked Senate Republicans for any compromises with Democrats and could perceive Lujan's absence as another area where he will push the party to obstruct Biden's party at all costs. Well, maybe Trump isn't completely out of the running as an influencer. Perhaps now is the time for Mitch McConnell and the Republicans to flex a little bit of muscle and get a little bit of what we want for the country. One can only hope. And this is the Truth Hurts program. I don't know how many of you watch the Fox television series The Masked Singer, but according to the rap, Masked Singer judges Kim Jong and Robin Thicke walked off the set of the popular Fox singing competition show after it was revealed that Rudy Giuliani was season seven's first eliminated contestant. During last week's taping of the first episode of season seven of The Masked Singer, which premieres next month, former mayor turned Donald Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani was revealed as one of the contestants. According to the media publication known as Deadline, Ken Jong and Robin Thicke immediately walked off in protest of Giuliani's inclusion on the show. They eventually came back onto the set. But here's the problem. You guys are the ones who claim to want inclusivity and acceptance of all people. And yet, as soon as you see a conservative, someone you don't like, someone who, like half of the nation, supported Donald Trump for president, you wad up your little girl panties and storm off the set. <laughs> I don't want to be on a show where Rudy Giuliani's here. <laughs> Fox and representatives for Kim Jong had no comment and a rep for Thick did not immediately respond. This episode is expected to premiere on March 9th. Now Giuliani's not the first controversial Republican figure to be a contestant on that show. Sarah Palin was on the show in 2020, and her appearance prompted swift backlash from some of the show's fans. But who cares? I don't get pissed off when some clown Democrat goes on the show. I don't say, I'm going to boycott the show. <laughs> Rudy, the former mayor of New York City, was known as America's mayor after his heroic running of the city after the September 11th terrorist attacks, who's been an attorney his whole life, became a lawyer for former President Donald Trump, and he upheld many of Trump's beliefs that Trump won the 2020 election. The state of New York banned him from practicing law because he upheld someone's beliefs. 
How you like that? We don't like what you say. We just cancel you. Welcome to New York. Welcome to America. Anyway, I don't waste my time with such drivel normally, but I just thought it was important for you who might watch the show to know how childish Robin Thicke and Ken Jeong, progressive, liberal, cancel culture supporting idiots feel. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Hello, Americans. Did you fall for the economic trick or treat program of the Biden administration last year, but now you are all out of treats? Well, you one of the millions of Americans who fell for the lie of the COVID stimulus checks, and now you had quit your job last year? Well, you one of the million of Americans who find that this year, after your free money ran out, and now you need to go back to the workforce, but you can't find no job? Did your former boss tell you to go get bent because you quit with little or no advance notice? Did you burn a bridge or a bunch of bridge now that you are broke? Biden Future Industry have the job you need right now. Yes, after shuttering the entire economy for over a year with fake news about the flu, even the common cold, and after making a billion of dollars on the hype and the hypocrisy and the exaggeration, Biden and Future Industry, in cooperation with the leftist mainstream media, is seeking qualified applicants to work in the area of COVID crisis. You can be part of the largest media production ever in the history of the planet Earth. You thought the Cold War was a big thing. You thought 911 was a big thing. Biden Future Industry and the experts agree. This is bigger than anything you could possibly have dream of. Available positions include speaking roles, non-speaking roles, and of course, bilingual speaking roles. It don't matter if you speak good English like me or you don't speak good English like a lot of other people. We are looking for fake COVID survivors, fake COVID victim families, fake doctors and fake nurses and phony medical experts. People with cars lined up for vaccination and testing. No acting experience is required. They are seeking interracial couples and families, same-sex couples, fat people, Strung out looking skinny people, dwarfs, I mean, uh, midget, I mean, uh, little people, people in camouflage hunting gear, suits and ties, fishing attire, jean and t-shirts, work uniform without logo, swimwear, and even average everyday looking people. Biden Future Industries cannot continue to push the lie of the COVID-19 unless people like you and me, average American looking for work, can continue to make sure everybody stay in a panic mode over the COVID. Please apply online at industrycom slash Biden. That's industrycom slash Biden. We look forward to adding you to our team of people who are continuing to spread the message that COVID is for real, for real, for real, you heard? We look forward to working with you in the future. If you are anything like me and would like to see your bright, shiny face on the television or hear your voice on the radio, now is your chance to make a difference in America. Give us a call and we would like to speak with you about a career pushing the COVID crisis to the American people for another year. And have a blessed day. Ah, the rumble and rattle of a U.S. Postal Service vehicle driving down the street delivering your mail. The often maligned United States Postal Service is now under fire by gropey Joe Biden and his climate nuts. They want the United States Postal Service to rethink gasoline-powered mail truck purchases. You think your mail's not getting here now? Wait till your mail carrier runs the battery out on the new electric vehicle and then uses that excuse to dump all of your mail in a ravine somewhere. The U.S. Postal Service is now being urged to reevaluate its plans to spend money on a new fleet of gasoline-powered delivery trucks. 
the Environmental Protection Agency, and the Gropey Joe White House Council on Environmental Quality sent official-looking letters to the Postal Service this week asking it to reconsider plans that could see only 10% of its 165-vehicle fleet powered now by electricity rather than gasoline. The Postal Service's proposal as currently crafted represents a crucial lost opportunity to more rapidly reduce the carbon footprint of one of the largest government fleets in the world. This was written by the EPA Associate Administrator for Policy, Vicky Arroyo, an appointee, of course, that qualified for two reasons and two reasons only. One, Hispanic. Two, vagina. The U.S. Postal Service announced plans in February last year to purchase new vehicles from the Wisconsin-based defense contractor Oshkosh with both gasoline and electric drivetrains. The deal would be up to $11.3 billion over the next 10 years. When asked why more of the fleet wasn't electric, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy, also someone given the job by Gropey Joe Biden, previously said the agency couldn't afford it. Electric vehicles cost a hell of a lot more money. And there's nowhere to bury the corpses when they die. The U.S. Postal Service is currently $206.4 billion in debt. An upcoming vote in the House could relieve some of that debt by simply wiping it away. We'll just wipe it away. In a statement to the Washington Post, the U.S. Postal Service says it would not be financially sustainable to acquire more electric vehicles. The law requires Postal Service to be self-sufficient. It's not. It's $206 billion in the red. The EPA has criticized the Postal Service for several assumptions it made in making the decision about their new fleet, saying it presents biased costs and emissions estimates. Really? They're following the science, for Christ's sake. They're using actual statistical data, but it just doesn't fit with Gropey Joe's lie that everything needs to be electrified. There are calls now for the Biden administration to use the EPA to force more stringent measures and therefore force the Postal Service to change its plans. The warning letters are now giving the Postal Service a chance to comply voluntarily. The U.S. Postal Service officials initially indicated the gas powers trucks could maybe later be converted into electric vehicles, although it admits it has no plans to do so. The new gas-powered vehicles don't appear to be particularly fuel-efficient. They're built by a defense contractor, remember? They get 8.6 miles to the gallon when using air conditioning, but the industry average of similar type fleet vehicles is between 12 and 14 miles per gallon. They don't say whether they're using air conditioners or not. Right now, the agency is trying desperately to keep its fleet of aging vehicles up to date. The current delivery truck, the Grumman Long Life Vehicle, dates back to the early 1980s, and it doesn't have modern health or safety or comfort features like air conditioning or airbags. The aging fleet means every year the agency has to spend hundreds of millions of dollars on maintenance. It's still going to have to spend maintenance money on new vehicles too, you idiots! And now they're claiming the old vehicles pose a greater fire risk, although they have no statistical data to support that statement. Yes, folks. I can see the dollar, dollar fifty an envelope postage rate coming very, very soon to an electric broken down postal service vehicle near you. Arwa Madawi writes in The Guardian, Why is trust in media plummeting? Just look at what's happening at CNN. 
Media outlets, he says, were supposed to report the news, not become the news. On Wednesday, CNN found itself coming afoul of the rule when Jeff Zucker abruptly resigned from his position as the network president amidst lurid circumstances. He got caught banging one of his co-workers, and then he admitted it. In a memo sent to his colleagues, Zucker explained he was stepping down after failing to disclose a consensual relationship with a close colleague. And he didn't even have the guts to mention her name, Allison Gullust, CNN's executive vice president, chief marketing officer. She, however, had the balls to confirm her involvement in a memo to her employees. Now, hang on a minute. Is a powerful man really resigning from a big job because he had a consensual relationship with a colleague? That's not the usual way things go. Many men have been accused of far worse transgressions and still managed to cling to their jobs. Well, here's some context. Galust happens to be the former communications director for the disgraced former New York governor Andrew Sleazebag Cuomo. Zucker's relationship with her came up during an internal investigation into former anchor Chris Cuomo, the governor's brother, who was canned from CNN in December after using his job to help Governor Cuomo combat sexual harassment allegations, leading some commentators to now dub CNN the Cuomo Nepotism Network. Zucker stood by Chris Cuomo for several months when his conflict of interest scandal first hit, but then they eventually fired him a few days later after the anchor himself was accused of sexual misconduct by a junior colleague at another network. Like his brother, it seems Chris holds a grudge. Two sources told Politico it was Cuomo's legal team, which is still negotiating his exit from the network, who flagged the relationship between Zucker and Gulust. A reporter from the media startup Puck News also claimed CNN received a letter from Cuomo's lawyer asking for all communications between Zucker, Gulust, and Cuomo be reserved and preserved to be used in legal proceedings at a later time. Zucker might not be having a very good week, but Donald Trump is having a ball. Jeff Zucker, a world-class sleazebag who has headed ratings and real news challenge CNN for far too long, has been terminated for numerous reasons, but predominantly because CNN has lost its way with viewers, Trump wrote in a statement. Trump does have a point. You don't have to be a cynic to reckon that CNN's dismal ratings may factor into Zucker's sudden departure. CNN had record ratings during the Trump years, but viewership has hit the toilet recently. Cuomo's scandal certainly hasn't helped the network's credibility. During the early days of the pandemic, Chris Cuomo repeatedly interviewed his brother on air, and it was largely treated like a hilarious banter instead of a clear conflict of interest. It's hardly been the only embarrassment the network suffered. Jeffrey Tubin, the chief legal analyst, was jacking off on a Zoom call with colleagues, exposing his private part. While The New Yorker fired Tubin from staff writer positions, CNN gave him a little tap on the wrist and put him right back on the air. There are lots of brilliant, hard-working journalists at CNN, supposedly. However, Zucker has a storied history in reality TV. The Apprentice, under his stewardship, he's the one who put that on the air. CNN treats politics like entertainment. Several instances where the most basic journalistic principles have gone out the window because good ratings television was more important. In 2016, for example, CNN had hired Corey Lewandowski to be a political commentator shortly after he had been fired as Trump's campaign manager. They hired this clown to talk about politics when the man was still collecting severance pay from Trump and had signed a contract prohibiting him from disparaging Trump. 2019, after being accused of sexual assault and boasting he has no obligation to be honest with the media, CNN invited this clown back on the air. 
Trust in media declined dramatically. The media can't blame that on people like Trump shouting fake news. There's lots of actual fake news going around. The revolving door between high-profile jobs in cable news and big jobs in government, you know, George Stepton Poupoulos becoming ABC's Good Morning America anchor. He was Bill Clinton, Cigar Bill, the guy who jacked off on a little girl's dress. Yes, yeah, Monica Lewinsky, remember that? The white stain on the blue dress? You don't think he got his job at ABC because he was a good journalist. The man was, still is, and always will be, a clown. In the meantime, the fallout at CNN should be a wake-up call for everyone in media. Trust is extremely hard to win and very, very easy to lose. This is the Truth Hurts program. He's a proven liar and a womanizer. Oh, baby, the things I want to do to you. She's a whore who slept her way to the anchor chair. Together, they make one hell of a news team. The fake news team, that is. Tonight on the 6 o'clock news, these two news hounds will do their best to try and convince you that the president is actually doing a good job. Reading actual news is boring after all. These two make it exciting and entertaining. Who cares about the facts when you have two such good-looking newsies telling lies right into the camera? There's a professional-looking news set and a nifty set of graphics in the background. So it must be real, right? The 6 o'clock news, tonight. I was told, oh, well, patients don't want to share their data. They all want to share their data. <laughs> Sometimes y'all don't want to share what you know. Doc, all I need, can you do anything? Give me just six more months to see the baby born. You know, when I put together the cancer moonshot, when they found out I had, uh, I had NASA and a lot of other agencies looked at me like, what's the matter with you? I said, guess what? NASA knows more about radiation than all of you. This was your president trying to act like he was an actor, trying to act like he cares about cancer. He first proposed what he called the cancer moonshot over six years ago when he was Barack Hussein Obama's vice resident. And nothing was done during that whole Obama administration to help cancer patients. All Joe Biden did, along with his Democrat counterparts since COVID took effect, was to lock down the country and lock many cancer patients out of their cancer surgeries and their cancer treatments. This according to the University of Birmingham study in October of 2021. Joe Biden is trying desperately to grasp and grapple at anything he can possibly find to try and quote, unify, unquote, the nation. Yes, we all want to see a cure for cancer. But locking cancer patients out of their surgeries and out of their treatments in the name of COVID safety was not the way to do it, gropey Joe. Nice try, you feeble-minded old clown. In fact, Biden and Obama spent $1.8 billion on the last joke called Cancer Moonshot. And guess what? It did not change the death rate from cancer by one-tenth of one percent. Now, I saw something on Laura Ingram. They showed a picture of gropey Joe Biden with a mask on, shielding his eyes from the sun while Jill Biden rambled on about something here or there. And this happened on Groundhog Day yesterday, where gropey Joe Biden poked his head out from his basement, as he does once or twice a year, and accurately predicted by seeing his shadow six more months of inflation at a minimum. But gropey Joe Biden's not the only clown making stupid comments. 
When asked if governments run away spending and tax and spend and tax and tax and tax again and spend some more has anything at all to do with inflation, the vapid bartender from New York, Alexandria Ocasio Horseface Cortez, had this to say. A lot of these price increases are potentially due to just straight price gouging by corporations. If we say we're helping working people too much and say that the cause of this is, oh, it's because we provided too much assistance during the American Rescue Plan, stimulus checks were too generous, that is why we are dealing with the problems that we're dealing with now. What that's going to result in is a pullback in the assistance that some families need the most right now. My friends, the most ridiculous excuse for keeping government handouts going, thanks go to the idiot Alexandria Horseface Cortez. As of the latest report, steaks up 21.4%, ribs 16.9%, seafood 10.2%, gasoline up over 50% when compared to the last month of the Trump presidency, nearly 10% increases in fresh fruit, 8% on soda and baby food, and the worst part of all of this is that half of the Americans see Joe Biden and say, well, he's doing the best he can, so let's just accept the exceptionally high prices, the empty shelves, Joe, and all of the other disaster that is the Biden presidency. Because in their minds, at least we don't have the orange man here sending out insulting tweets. Howdy, Pete. Howdy, Charlie. Hey, Pete. Yeah, Charlie. Why do you think Steve Z stopped using us on his show? I don't know, but I'm looking to ask him. Stay tuned to future episodes of the Truth Hurts program for the triumphant return of Pete and Charlie. And that is all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. The truth does hurt. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.